0: Evidence and Answers. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers. Evidence and Answers is a Christian apologetics ministry led by Dr. Pat Zukran. Pat provides compelling messages from top apologetic scholars defending the Christian worldview and provides valuable resources for every person seeking answers to life's questions, as well as addressing key issues of our time and serves to equip Christians who want to effectively engage their world for Christ. Today, our host, Pat Zucran, will share a question of the week. So to start, let's look at the existence of God. Now, here's Pat. I invite you to go to our website there at evidenceandanswers.org.
1: And there we have over 500 podcasts that you can listen to on many of the topics and questions that we're addressing here and a whole lot more from Christian scholars and experts from all over the world. Well, I'm going to speak for about 15 minutes, and then the last 15 minutes is for your questions, okay? So send them on in. But we're going to begin with life's greatest question. This is the greatest question everyone must answer. And the question is this, is there a god? Does god exist? That is the big question. All right? That everyone must answer. For if god does not exist, god does not exist, then we live in a universe void of any meaning, of any hope, of any significance and of any purpose. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, If God does not exist, there's really no intended purpose for the universe to be here. We've got to ask ourselves that question, right? Why is the universe here? Why are you here? Why am I here? Why is anything here? If we're simply accidents, products of chance, if that's all that the universe is, then really there's no reason for the universe to exist. It's simply an accident. And we conclude you and I are ultimately just accidents products of nature there's no ultimate purpose for our existence here and as the universe expands it's gonna run out of energy and it's gonna reach a state we call final entropy and the universe comes to an end all right and in the end you and I are annihilated and extinct the Sun runs out of energy and the Sun comes to an end eventually all things end in death and annihilation so we have to ask ourselves the question, what difference did it ever make that we were ever here? I mean everything ends in death and annihilation. The doctor who fights for life every day, well everything in the end is it's a futile battle. It all ends in death and extinction. The scientist who makes great discoveries to cure diseases like COVID-19 that we're facing, it all ends in death and annihilation. The soldier Who battles for freedom and gives their life on the foreign battlefield all that ends in death and annihilation so what difference does it make that we were ever here everything ends in death and annihilation now I was on a debate once with a guy named Luke he had one of the most popular websites out there uh, atheist websites out there and he looked at as we were having this debate over the radio he said well Pat that's just simply your opinion all right And I said, it's not my opinion. I'm simply repeating what you atheists have been saying for nearly two centuries, you know? And he said, like who? And so I quoted Bertrand Russell and others. And if you want some contemporary atheists today who understand the implications of their atheism if god does not exist doctor will provine biology professor at cornell university might have said it best he said this let me summarize my views on what modern evolutionary biology tells us loud and clear there are no gods no purposes no goal directed forces of any kind there is no life after death when i die i'm absolutely certain that i'm going to be dead that's the end for me there's no ultimate foundation for ethics no ultimate meaning to life and no free will for humans either now there's a guy that clearly understands the implications if God does not exist right he said there's really no purpose no goal for our existence we simply are annihilated and extinct and he takes it further he said really there's no foundation for ethics no ultimate free will And he's exactly right. I mean, if God does not exist, then really our lives are ultimately meaningless. Everything ends in death and annihilation. Ethics becomes meaningless too because what difference does it make? Whether I live like Adolf Hitler or Mother Teresa, it really doesn't make a difference. All ends in death and annihilation. Richard Dawkins, the leader of the New Atheist Movement, he said this, he said, The universe we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is at bottom no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. Really, that's really all that there is if God does not exist. So here are two contemporary men, scientists, who have deeply thought through the atheist worldview and Have really come to honest conclusions of their worldview if God does not exist ultimately then we live in a meaningless universe with no significance no purpose and ultimately no hope you know I was an atheist for a while and it's kind of a sad state to uh, be living with that understanding However, that's the implication of the atheist worldview, if you look at it honestly. Now, that's a pretty grim outlook. However, I think the evidence that God exists is pretty compelling. I think it's the evidence is stronger that He exists than He does not exist. And so if God exists, it changes the whole ballgame. Then we live in a universe that has been designed and created by God for a purpose and our lives then have meaning and significance uh, a purpose for which he has designed you and I he has a plan for you and I which we are called to discover and to fulfill well then what are the evidences for the existence of God well, the first one is called the argument from first cause, all right? Or the cosmological argument. It's a very simple argument and it it goes like this. Whatever has a beginning must have a cause, okay? Whatever has a beginning must have a cause. The universe has a beginning, therefore the universe must have a cause, and you must identify what that cause is, okay? Whatever has a beginning has a cause. The universe has a beginning, therefore the universe must have a cause. And the law of cause and effect is also in play here, right? Every cause has an effect, every effect has a cause, no effect is greater than its cause. So whatever caused the universe is greater than the universe, right? Now, this argument is built on the premise that the universe has a beginning and indeed the, universe, the evidence is very compelling that the universe has a beginning. You know, for nearly two centuries, scientists thought the universe was eternal. But in recent times, we have discovered the universe has a beginning. Scientists call it the Big Bang, all right? And the scientific community has pretty much swung the other way. It's pretty unanimous now that the universe has a beginning. It is not eternal. It has a beginning. What are some of the evidences? that the universe has a beginning well Einstein the great physicist was trying to prove how the universe holds its shape without collapsing due to the force of gravity and he with his tremendous mathematical genius and great mathematical equation he created he discovered the universe does not collapse in on itself but due to the force of gravity but indeed it doesn't collapse because it is expanding right. In other words, the universe has a beginning and it has been expanding ever since. This is the famous theory of relativity that Einstein discovered. Now, what he discovered in theory has been confirmed in recent scientific study. One we call the radiation afterglow or the radiation echo. Penzias and Wilson won a Nobel Prize for this. They built a huge radar dish and were looking for signs of extraterrestrial life and wherever they pointed their radar dish anywhere in the universe they've discovered this hiss all right or the radiation echo or the radiation afterglow all right the after effects of a large gigantic explosion that they trace back to the beginning of the universe so this is the radiation afterglow discovered by Penzias and wilson they won a Nobel prize for this then edwin hubble discovered the Redshift. He won another scientific award for this. With the telescopes we have now, all right, these satellite telescopes that we have there that orbit the Earth, now we can see into the far reaches of the universe as we had never done before. And Edwin Hubble discovered that the galaxies are moving apart. And as they move apart, they become redder. That's called the red shift. In other words, the universe is expanding. And finally, the second law of thermodynamics, that the universe is running out of usable energy. If the universe were eternally old, all the energy would be used up, right? So all this points to the fact that the universe has a beginning. It is not eternal. It has a beginning. Scientists call it the Big Bang when the universe exploded into being out of nothing. right, Einstein showed that time, matter, and energy and space are all interconnected. You can't have one without the other. Therefore, the universe exploded into being out of nothing. Now remember, whatever has a beginning must have a cause. The universe has a beginning, therefore the universe must have a cause. And what is the cause of that universe? I believe Genesis 1.1 is the most reasonable answer. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth now the second argument is called the design argument and it goes like this every design has a designer the universe shows highly complex design therefore the universe has a designer right for example right say you are flying from Hawaii to California and the plane crashes in the Pacific Ocean and you're the only one that survives and you make it To a deserted island, and it doesn't appear that anyone else is on the island. And as you're walking along the the beach there, you discover a watch in the ground. All right. Now, what would you immediately assume? Would you assume that natural forces, the lightning, the wind, the waves, and the rocks created this watch? No, you would assume, all right, that intelligence created. this object because there's complexity and there's design and when we see complexity and design it points to an intelligent designer you would assume there's someone else on that island who dropped that watch there's someone else on that island right now could natural causes create that watch sure but what's the more reasonable conclusion natural causes or an intelligent designer I would say an intelligent designer and you look throughout the universe from the telescope to the microscope we see intelligent design throughout the universe right for example the four fundamental forces of nature that hold the universe together that give us the universe that we have sit in a very delicate balance they sit on a razor's edge so that if you alter any of these forces even just infinitesimally a small amount we cannot have the universe that we have now For example, the force of gravity is at just the right strength so that the universe expands at just the right rate, right? If the force of gravity were any weaker, the universe would expand too fast and matter would not be able to come together. We would not have the stars and the planets and the galaxies that we have today. If the force of gravity were any bit weaker, matter would clump densely and we could not have the universe that we have today. The expansion rate of the universe is just at the right rate because the force of gravity is just at the right rate. Astronomers have discovered that if you just alter the expansion rate by 1 over 10 to the 60th power, you cannot have the universe that we have today. That's how delicately balanced our universe is. And then we have things like DNA all right, the amino acid combinations just to make one protein cell, all right, the probability of that coming about by chance, all right, the mathematical probability is, is, you know, for those of you in mathematics know, it's practically what we call a mathematical zero. Stephen Meyer, a scientist, he states that the probability of the right amino acids forming the precise sequence needed to form one protein molecule is one chance in a hundred thousand trillion 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 on and on right that's a 10 with 125 zeros behind it in other words that's pretty much a mathematical zero that by chance we could get the right amino acids forming just the right protein right? and put the proteins together to make RNA and then DNA I mean gosh the mathematical probability of that is just astronomical Bill Gates, the computer genius, stated that DNA is far, far more complex than any software that has ever been created. So DNA coming together by chance is like saying a monkey jumped on a computer, you know, and made the program for Microsoft Windows. That's how incredible the odds are. Richard Dawkins, the leader of the New Atheist Movement, stated this, he said, the machine code of genes is uncannily computer-like The pages of a molecular biology journal might be interchanged with those of a computer engineering journal. That's from a couple atheists here that I just quoted. Design points to a designer. The final argument is called the moral argument, all right? And it simply goes that every law has a lawgiver. There's an absolute moral law, therefore, there's an absolute moral lawgiver. A universal moral law points. to a moral lawgiver. You can't have a universal moral law without a moral lawgiver. Every culture in the world has basically the same ethical system. Murder is wrong in every culture of the world. Rape is wrong in every culture of the world. Adultery is wrong in every culture of the world. Where do we get that universal moral law? You can't have a moral law without a moral lawgiver. You can't say anything is objectively evil unless you have an absolute standard of good by which you're measuring it by. Where did that absolute standard come from? You know, C.S. Lewis, the great scholar who came to Christ later in his life, wrestled with that issue, and he said this, As an atheist, my argument against God was that the universe seems so cruel and unjust. But how had I got this idea of just and unjust? A man does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. What was i comparing this universe to when i called it unjust and so he understood that you can't call something objectively evil unless there's an the absolute standard of good by which you're measuring it by from which we have departed where did that absolute standard come from and of course the final argument for the existence of god is jesus christ who claimed to be the divine son of god and confirmed his claim through his miraculous sinless life death and resurrection All right but we'll get to that later on of course so those are some of the arguments for the existence of god really they're classic arguments that really have never been beaten there are some of the most powerful arguments for the existence of a god now let's take some of your questions here and let's see if we can answer them now the first one here is from quackman I hope he becomes a regular here is this really good question here he says whatever has a beginning must have a cause correct the law of causality If god created the universe then who created god hey same one we had last week yes who created god good question remember the argument is whatever has a beginning must have a cause god does not have a beginning he's eternal right therefore he is the uncaused cause there has to be a beginning or we would not have today. Because we have today, time has a beginning. All right? You cannot progress an infinite past. Okay? There's got to be a starting point, what Aristotle calls the unmoved mover. Let me give you an example. If you could live infinitely long, can you count from zero to infinity? Yes, you could. You'd be doing it for the rest of your existence. All right? Because you have a beginning. But let's say, can you start from zero to infinity starting from negative infinity? You never could because you cannot traverse an infinite past. So therefore, there must be a beginning. And whatever created time is greater than time. Whatever created this universe is highly intelligent, highly powerful. I believe of all the books of the literature of the world, the best answer comes from the Bible, Genesis 1.1. All right? God is that unmoved mover who begins all things. Great question there. Let's take a look at the next question here. Same guy. He says, Doesn't evolution explain morality? Animals of high intelligence seem to exhibit love, community, and cooperation too. No, animals function by what we call instinct. Okay? They don't have a moral code as we have. For example, when a lion takes over a pride. He kills all the cubs of the females. He just kills them. Why? So that the females will go into heat and he can mate with them. Now that, if a human being did that, you know, let's say he marries a wife of a, and this is her second marriage, and she has children. If he went over there and killed all the children so that, you know, he could start his own family, well, we'd throw him in jail immediately. I was just watching Discovery Channel the other day. A snake won't just bite criminals a snake bites anyone all right and I was just watching a special where a bull constrictor ate a baby an infant baby an innocent child and a snake ate him so animals function by instinct rather than by a moral conscience so that extends the argument that moral law code must come from a personal being it doesn't come from nature Okay, nature doesn't display any kind of moral conscience. A tsunami doesn't just kill the wicked; it kills everybody—men, women, children, dogs, cats, everybody. The animal kingdom doesn't display any kind of human moral conscience or law code. An animal will kill a little child as well as will an older adult. Doesn't matter. Moral law code comes from a moral being all right a highly intelligent being and because we're created in the image of god we reflect that moral law code that moral conscience very good question and this is the last question here from our same friend Quackman. is very engaged very intelligent individual here i think he's going to be a regular on the show he says even if you can prove god exists then how do you know whether it's one of the Hindu gods or the Christian God very good and I have proven here today that a God exists we haven't gotten to a point to we can say which God that is but I've seemed to be able to build the case that indeed an intelligent designer does indeed exist All right now who that intelligent designer is has he made himself specifically known right through some special means we call that special revelation well that's what we'll be investigating in weeks to come but this week I pretty much wanted to show that indeed if the universe has a beginning the universe must have a cause right the design shows he is an intelligent being and he has a moral law code therefore he's a personal being so it cannot be pantheism because pantheism teaches god and the universe are one the universe is eternal and god is not a personal being god is a it god is the energy the cosmic energy of the universe well we've shown here that the universe has a beginning therefore can't be any god consistent with a pantheistic worldview therefore we rule out things like hinduism and the new age and taoism and pantheistic forms of buddhism and those other kinds of religions we rule out atheism because intelligent design or complexity and design point to an intelligent designer the fact that the universe has a beginning the fact that we have a moral law code points to an intelligent creator so atheism is out so really the last man standing is the theistic worldview that indeed there is a god who created all things and when we come back next time we're going to talk more specifically about who this intelligent creator, who this God is, and has he revealed himself in a special way? And can we know this God? And that's what we'll be talking about in days to come. Well, thanks for being with us here. Thanks for sticking with us. We're still working through our issues, and we're going to be getting better each week as we keep going. So send your questions to Pat at evidenceandanswers.org. Pat at evidenceandanswers.org. And each week, we're going to tackle some of the toughest questions and some of the toughest issues that Christians face today. So we hope to see you here from the Honolulu Christian Church and Evidence and Answers. We look forward to seeing you again next week here on Question of the Week. Aloha.
0: We've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers radio broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally. That number in Hawaii is area code 808 4830586 Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts, Like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org, and you may do so right there online on the homepage. You'll also find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Be sure to share our website with those around you. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zukeran. Hey.